we have come to you oh god asking that you replenish every strength that we have lost renew the right spirit within us oh god father uphold us oh god even father by your right hand oh god strengthen us wash us clean and let us be clean oh god father we pray that you fill us with your holy spirit oh god fill us to the overflowing of your grace father in our weaknesses oh god you are made strong father i pray that you strengthen everybody in this place oh god strengthen everyone under the sound of my voice let the entrance of your word bring light to everybody let our gathering here not be in vain oh god but speak oh god out of the volumes of the books oh god speak oh god and let oh god every Free spirit contrary, shut up, O oh God, in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, we ask that you take absolute control over this atmosphere. Take absolute control over everyone under the sound of my voice. Take absolute control over what is going to be done in this place, in the name of Jesus. And I'll be careful to give you all the glory and all the praise, in the name of Jesus. Father, speak through me, O oh God. Let, O oh God, even Father, these slips of clay, Father, let it preach the oracle of Jehovah. In the name of Jesus, we pray with thanksgiving. And the church of God shall shout, Amen. Put your hands together. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Turn your Bibles with me to Revelation chapter number 12 and verse number 7 to 11. Revelation 12, verse number 7 through to 11. And war broke out in heaven, and Michael and his angels fought, and the dragon with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought, but they did not prevail, nor was there found a place in heaven any longer. So the dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, who deceives the world, the whole world. He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren, who accuses them before our God day and night, has been cast down and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony and they did not love their lives even unto death. Hallelujah. Here ends the reading of his holy word. Our maiden or our, our main text is 2 Corinthians chapter number 10 verse number 3 to 6. 2 Corinthians number 10 Verse number, numbers three to six. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Verse four says that for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Let's read verse four together. Ready, go. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. We have just read that there was war in heaven. 
And when there is war, you don't go fighting a war with a water pistol. How many know what a water pistol is? You don't go to war with a water pistol. Or you don't take a Swiss blade to a gunfight. Are you with me? If it's a gunfight, you take a gun to a gunfight. And the type of gun that you take to a gunfight will give you an advantage. Are you with me? You don't take, uh, you know, those little air gun. uh, You know, the BB gun. You don't take a BB gun. When somebody has a Tomahawk cruise missile. When somebody has an intercontinental ballistic missile and you are holding a BB gun, you are in trouble. Are you with me? You cannot fight. <laughs> Before the gun battle starts, you're already dead. Because the intercontinental battle, he sits in his house, in fact, in one continent and he shoots to another continent. You, the BB gun, you have to get so close. By which time you'll probably be slapped. And even when you shoot, you don't make, you don't kill the person. You probably uh, scratch the person. Amen. Amen. So we are talking about the weapons of our warfare. Because we know that there is a war in heaven. And if there is a war in heaven, by God, there will be a war in your life. I said if there was war in heaven, then there is going to be war on earth. If there was war in heaven, then we are going to have to deal with some wars. Amen. We are going to have to fight some battles. How many have fought some battles? Some health battles. You fought some financial battles. You fought some relationship battles. You fought some children and family battles. We need the right requisite armory for the war that we are engaged in. And we started looking at some of the weapons that we have because the Bible says that they are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. They are mighty. But they are only mighty if we know how to use them. Hallelujah. If you don't know how to use a Tomahawk cruise missile and somebody has a BB gun, they are likely to kill you. Whilst you are fidgeting, trying to find uh, uh, where the knob is to to fire, you probably will be looking at the wrong end of the hole. And you might end up blasting your own self. Hallelujah. So (laughs) So you see, we have to know how to use the weapons that we have. Amen. So we looked at the weapon of the blood. Somebody said the weapon of the blood. Amen. The blood of Jesus. How many were here? I can't go back and rehearse it. The weapon of the blood. What the blood of Jesus does. Now the blood of Jesus gives us access. The blood of Jesus actually, that blood enforces the victory that we have won. Are you with me? Because before the, the Bible says that we are more than conquerors, which means that before the battle starts, we've already won. But the blood ensures that the victory is permanent. Every day we have victory. Every area we have victory. Amen. Then we looked at the second part, which was the words of their 
testimony. I gave uh, uh, the definition of testimony as that which has been is that which shall be. Are you with me? A testimony is essentially what has happened in the past will happen again. That is why we share testimony. Today is supposed to be a testimony service. I don't know whether you have your testimonies. But if you have a testimony and you don't share it, it means you are saying that that which has happened shouldn't happen again. If God has delivered you from something, the sharing of that thing, maybe you are sick, maybe you are in an accident. When you share it, it means that if God delivered you from that accident, he can deliver you again from another one. Amen. Amen. That is why we share testimonies. As Christians, it's part of our service to share testimonies. I know the testimony services have had to be cut short because some of us don't know how to share testimonies. Our testimony is always complaints. The devil was with me last night and he gave me three slaps. Brethren, I'm tired. Pray for me. That is not a testimony. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? A testimony is how God has helped us. I, get, I said that the testimony was the word in us, isn't it? And I explained to us how many understood that the testimony is the word of God inside of you. If God did it for somebody in the, in the Bible and you read it, it means God will do it for you because God is not a respecter of persons. If he delivered Daniel from the, the lion's den and the mouth of the lion, God will deliver you from anything that you are in. Amen. Hallelujah. If God was the one that quickened and raised the, the dead child of the woman of Zarephtha, if God was able to uh, 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 resurrect and revive the, the, the son, God can resurrect and revive your son. God can resurrect and revive your career. God can resurrect and revive your relationship. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? Yeah. And the thing about that weapon is knowing the word. The word is not necessarily the Bible. Somebody give me a Bible. The, 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 the weapon is not necessarily a Bible. How many have seen this type of movies when they, they have demons and then they use the Bible? How many have seen that before? They, 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 some, you know, you all watch very bad movies. <laughs> you know, this type of African movies, Nollywood movies, they use the Bible. It's like some demons are coming and use the Bible because the Bible is a weapon. No, no, no. The weapon of the Bible is the word of God inside of you. Not the word of God in the Bible. Because the word of God in the Bible, you don't know it. Are you with me? Wisdom is information or knowledge that is applied at a particular situation or particular time. That's what makes it wisdom. Am I talking to somebody? If you have knowledge and you don't use it at the right time, it is no wisdom. For instance, the Surgeon General has determined that cigarette smoking is bad for your health. That is information. But if you, in spite of that information, you light up a cigarette and you start smoking, it means you have not applied the information well. Are you with me? You apply the information by not smoking. Then it means that you have used wisdom. Somebody, somebody is smoking around. You just move from that place. It means you have applied the knowledge that the surgeon general has given. Okay. Are you with me? Yes, 
the word of God inside of you is what becomes a weapon. Because the prayer that we pray is the weapon of the word that we bring out. This is a legal document. Are you with me? The Bible is a legal document. And we are supposed to be enforcers or enforcers of the rights we have in this legal document. But how can you enforce a right when you don't know it? Have you ever seen two lawyers arguing? And one is not very, very adept with the law. And the other one is very good at the law. It is like a, a, a father and son fighting. Because once uh, 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 somewhere inside the law article, I'm not sure what the article is, but I know that there is some article there that says that this thing you are saying is not right. But somebody will use about five or six different articles. They permutate that they, they make their case very strong. Even if they are supposed to lose. It is true that they killed the man. But they used another article. It was self-defense. Another article it was this. It was, it was just a, uh, uh, an act of accident, accidental something. They will use some five articles, put them together. You see that the, the judge will go, yes, 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 yes. Then, have you reached your verdict? Yes, your honor, we have reached your verdict. What say you? Not guilty, your honor. Meanwhile, they were supposed to be guilty. It's just that they hired the wrong lawyer who didn't know the law. Are you a wrong Christian who don't know the legal... (laughs) Ask your neighbor, I, I suspect you, I suspect you. Tell your neighbor I'm suspecting you. Tell them, are you you the one? It is not putting uh, this word under your pillow and sleeping on it, hoping that uh, from a higher concentration to a lower concentration through a semi-permeable membrane, which is your pillow, it will come into you by osmosis. It doesn't work like that. This one doesn't diffuse power. Are you with me? Diffusion is from concentrated into the atmosphere of emptiness. If your atmosphere is empty, this doesn't bring diffusion. Diffusion happens when you read the word and you assimilate the word. You digest the word. Then it becomes power when you apply it. Am I talking to somebody? Oh, I say, am I talking to somebody? Yeah. So, when you are confronted with a situation, what word can you use to fight in that situation? Have you got that word? That is why it's good to read the Bible all the time. Because what you are doing is you are getting the weapon inside of you. Getting it ready. For the day that you need it. Amen. Am I talking to somebody? Yeah. That is why we read the Bible. It is not a bedtime story. You read three lines and you fall asleep. How many know that when you start, thou beget and thou beget, then you see that your eyes are crossing as you are begetting, begetting, before you realize it's morning. You know, that's not the, that is not what the Bible is for. Hallelujah. Amen. I said the Bible is a serious weapon. Serious. It's a serious weapon. That we ought to use. 
Amen. Amen. And then I said the second part of the testimony, it is our own testimony, our own experience, what God has done in our lives. Remember, David went before Saul and said that your servant was taking care of his father's sheep at the backside of the desert. A lion came, a bear came, and attacked when the sheep gave birth. And I, I, I confronted the lion and the bear, and I wrestled the, the lamb from their mouth. And I, when they rose against me, I caught them by the beard and slew them. And this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of those. What he was saying is that the God that delivered me from the hand of the lion and the bear is the same God that will deliver me from this uncircumcised Philistine also. Has God delivered you from something? Oh, I say, has God delivered you from something? If God has delivered you from something, then be assured that he's going to deliver you in future again. That is why you ought to learn how to share your testimony. Because the more you share your testimony, the more strength you gain in God's hand on your life. See, everybody in the army of Israel, one way or the other, had been blessed by God. But they didn't have a testimony. David, a little 17-year-old boy, had a testimony. And when he went before the king, he rehearsed that testimony. And that testimony was good enough for the king to take him as a candidate to go and face Goliath. Are you with me? Am I saying something to you? Are you a candidate for promotion? Are you a candidate? Because, you see, your Goliath that you destroy is your stepping stone into greatness. Some of us, we don't want testimony because we don't want testing. Did you hear what I said? I don't want any testimony because I don't want to be tested. I don't want to be sick. And then I say, oh, uh, now I know God is a healer. No. I don't want to be poor and know that God can supply my needs. No. I want to have everything. But you see, if that is your story, then you are not ready for go to, to, to be promoted. Because see, when Goliath died, he became the candidate for the kingdom. The king. He became the king just because he defeated his Goliath. Are, are you with me? Amen. If you defeat your Goliath, you get promotion. Amen. Without testing, you don't get promoted. How many had to write some tests? How many failed some tests in the past? How many know that when you fail the test, you are not promoted? You have to reset. Even if you are, how many have resetted more than four times? Don't lift up your hand. You've done the same exam four times. You see, they don't, they don't, they, the examiner will not care and mind that he's seen your name or your whatever for four or five times. If you don't pass, they won't promote you. You still have to reset and reset and reset until you pass. That is why, you see, in our Christian life, it's still the same. When you have the temptation and you don't pass the temptation, you have to reset that temptation. Am I talking to somebody? Yeah. You always have to reset. 
until you want, eventually you pass. Amen. Amen. Then you go higher level. Someone say you go to that next level. Hallelujah. The next one is, and they did not love their lives even unto death. The title of my message for today is not loving your lives even unto death. Hallelujah. Not loving your life even unto death. What am I saying? What does that mean? Not loving your life even unto death. The, the, the question is, everybody is afraid of death. Isn't that, isn't that true? Everybody is afraid of death. I don't care how Christian you are. When they say death is here, you will try and um, avoid it. Hallelujah. Matthew 16, verse 24. This is Jesus talking. He said that, Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Amen. Look at your neighbor and ask your neighbor, what would you give in exchange for your soul? Jesus is talking to his disciples and he's saying that if you want to be my disciple, the qualification is that you take up your cross. And you and I both know that the cross is a symbol or a sign of death. Amen. Amen. How many know that the cross is a symbol or a sign of death? How many have also watched a movie and there was a demon or there's an evil spirit and somebody takes a cross and is trying to fight the demon with a cross? How many have seen that? Ah, okay. There are a lot of people who watch. One, one, one of the, my, my, my best movies, Exorcist. How many have seen it? Exorcist, it's an old movie. And you see that the father is always using the cross. And it looked like the cross, anytime the cross is presented, the evil spirit backs off. Amen. Now, merely carrying a wooden cross does not make any demon back off. Yet, the devil knows that the cross is a big weapon. Amen. Amen. What makes the cross a big weapon is not the wooden sign. The, what makes the cross a, the weapon is, is, is in the text. Go to 24 again. It says, verse 24, And Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him One, do what? Deny Deny himself. This is the secret of the cross. The secret to death is that one, you deny yourself. Two, let him take up Jesus' cross. A cross is Jesus' cross, isn't it? How many have seen that all the crosses have one Jesus lying on them? Depending on on where the cross is made, the the, the human Jesus that is lying on is a different color. Different hair. 
Different eye color. No, no, no. It is not the cross of Jesus that has the power. The cross of Jesus has power, but your own cross also has power. Hallelujah. Your cross is not for Jesus to lie on. Your cross is for you to lie on. Hallelujah. Monday through to Sunday, we'll be lying on our crosses. See, everybody's quiet. We'll be lying on the cross of not eating. You didn't didn't think that was a cross. That is a cross. Jesus said to his disciple, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. So he gave a certain type of weapon. We'll be looking at it later. The weapon of prayer and fasting is, there are two separate weapons that you have to sometimes combine for certain types of confrontations. See, every different battle is, determines the weapon that is needed to fight. Are you with me? So we looked at the, the, you don't use a blood weapon to go and fight certain things. You don't use a, a testimony weapon to fight certain things. When it comes to using uh, 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 the cross, it is another weapon. And that's the weapon of killing yourself. Is the weapon of killing yourself. Look at your neighbor telling that you have to kill yourself sometimes. Um, the way you are looking at me, I'm not sure whether you are. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Let me break it down. Um. One of the strongest armies of the world is United States Army. How many agree? Okay. One day, the United States Army decided to go and fight in a small country on the horn of Africa called Somalia. And went to the capital of Somalia, Mogadishu, to go and fight some small, ill-equipped ill-trained, ill-mannered and cultured army. Are you with me? But unfortunately, that story has not been said, but the story ended with the big military U.S. army running away, defeated, being whipped mercilessly by a small band of Ill-trained, ill-equipped, ill-managed, ill-mannered, no commander. They didn't have a commander. There was no structure. The army didn't have a structure. But what the army had was their willingness to die. Anytime you have that willingness to die, you become stronger than your opponents. Hallelujah. You see, one time, you see this platoon, you know, the, the, the American army, they move in platoons. 
this platoon, we, we, they, are, they are moving in the jungles of Mogadishu, trying to uh, uh, fight, uh, uh, look for the next uh, band of soldiers to kill. Then they will see one uh, uh, Somalian um, army person wearing some tattered trainers and some tattered trousers and wearing the top of a U.S. Marine or U.S. fighter's uh, uniform and a U.S. Uh, fighter's, uh, what's it called? Helmet. And then you see they have their, their tags, those two silver things. They'll be wearing it. And then they say, have you seen this? I killed one of you. I cut his tongue and I took his helmet. And I'm going to kill you like I did to him. It's only one person. Meanwhile, there's a platoon of about 20 or 30 people. And then he comes to say that. If you like, kill me here. But as soon as you move next two, two, two blocks, there's another person wearing another helmet and another uh, holding a, a U.S. rifle. And you say, have you seen this one? I killed somebody and I took it. I'm going to kill you and take yours. They were not afraid to die. And that is how they approached the fight. And immediately, the guys knew that they were in a crazy place. See, when you want to fight somebody who is not afraid to die, you, 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 you know, I don't know whether I've told you this story. I had a guy, there was a guy in our school. He was not a strong boy. But everybody was afraid of him. Because... When he, and it is very, very troublesome. He will come and trouble you. And you know, I went to a boys' school, you know, where might is right. When somebody, you just, they just organize and beat him up, and then that's it. We are finished. We are moving on. But this particular boy, if he engages you and you fight and you beat him, believe you me, that's not the end. That's the beginning of your woes. I said, that's the beginning of your troubles. You'll be in the shower. About three days later, having your shower, then he'll be timing you. Then he'll come. Once you have soap and everything in your eyes, and he'll hit you, then you have to start fighting right there. In the shower. And then you, you may beat him. Then he'll go. Dinner time, you may be eating at a canteen. Then he comes from behind. Then he hits you. Then you get up. You beat him. Then you go. You'll be learning. You'll be in the classroom learning. Then he will come behind and he'll hit you. And the worst of all is that when you have a visitor, maybe your mother has come or somebody has come and then you are sitting with them. He, he doesn't, he's somebody who doesn't care. He was a tiny boy. But the strongest and the biggest were afraid of him. Because he, he doesn't mind. He knows you are, going to, he's, you are going to beat him. But he just loves fighting. At the point, you know, you see people taking food and things to him. Please, I beg you. <laughs> this fight, I beg you, you have won. They are trying to appease the boy. I say, no, 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 no. I determine when the fight is all finished. How many of you are scared of this guy? 
No, he doesn't do one fight and over. No. So he got to a point, even when he does something, you just leave him. He does something that you are angry. It's okay. Because you know that I'm not prepared for this fight. Hallelujah. How many Christians can be like that? That Satan looks at you and says, no, <laughs> it's okay, it's okay, it's okay, you, you pass. Because he knows that when you start a war with you, you are going to come at him every time. Come at him in the morning. Come at him in the afternoon. Come at him in the evening. That is what the weapon is about. That's the weapon of the cross. It's about fighting to the point that you are not afraid to die. Hallelujah. See, naturally, naturally, all of us, Love our skin. All of us, we love our, our comfort. All of us love our uh, family. We don't want to, to, you know, do something out of the norm, out of the ordinary. That will cost us. Amen. I remember once, you know, I got to the place where how many are afraid to lose your job? It's a real fear. Because if I lose my job, what will happen? How would I pay my rent? How would I pay my, my bills? What would I do? What, is, what if? What if? What if? But one day, I read this thing in the Bible. That says that he will supply your need. Put me a test. Put me to a test and see if I will not open the windows of heaven. And bless you. I resigned from my workplace and I decided to go be a missionary going to preach in places and stay there. I moved to Paris. I don't speak French. Hello. How many of you can see the suicide mission? Yeah? I don't, I'm not working anymore. I'm now preaching. Not knowing where my next meal will come from. Don't try this at home. <laughs> if you don't have the faith for it. Yeah. And how many know that Paris is one of the most expensive cities in the world? And uh, we, we had a, a, a two-bed apartment that cost almost three times what my house cost in the UK. Meanwhile, I wasn't working. For the year that we were there, I never worked one day. But that was the best year of my life financially. I, I took my children to Disney how many times? About three times, went to, I mean, any holiday, I said, come, let's go to Disney. Come, let's go here, taking them. We had a certain restaurant, we're going there almost every week. I take them to the restaurant, go and eat, go and be happy. I didn't work. What I managed or what I learned was that when you lose the fear of death, the fear of financial death, you give God power. Because the Bible says his strength is made perfect in your weakness. Where you are weak, then he's strong. 
Hallelujah. See, this particular subject is not a very well-preached subject in the church because even the pastor who is going to preach is afraid. (laughs) Hallelujah. But when you've lived it, you know that it's it's real. Hallelujah. What would happen if I, I don't work? What would happen if you trust God? Hallelujah. Amen. The way you are looking at me, I don't know whether you are, you are looking at me in shock. <laughs> he said that if you want to come after me, if you want to follow me, take your cross. Your cross is for your Golgotha, which is your place of death. Your place of death is different from my place of death. Where I would die is different from where you die. What I need to die for or die to now is different from what you need to die to. Are you prepared to sacrifice the S word? It's like a swear word. We don't want to sacrifice. Yet we want to see glory. We, it's like a farmer who wants a harvest but doesn't want to sow the seed. The seed in your hand is either a cereal or a seed. Isn't it? The, the, the cereal, maize, uh, what do you call it, cornflakes and all those things, they are corn that have been turned into flakes. That same corn can be put in the ground and to yield more harvests. But if you eat that for cornflakes, it's finished. Hallelujah. But you see, Satan being an old wise adversary, he knows that his greatest ammunition over us is to make us not believe in a weapon of sacrifice. We believe in the weapon of blessing. How many believe the weapon of blessing? I see you being blessed without a test. I see the grace of God being strong for you. All those things, we believe it. We don't have a problem. But when it comes to kill yourself for Jesus, hey. One day Jesus was preaching. In fact, one day Jesus fed the 5,000 people. How many remember that story? He fed 5,000 men besides women and children. The next day, the very next day, they gathered again, wanting like every one of us, wanting to be fed again. And Jesus said that if you don't eat my flesh and drink my blood, you don't have any part in me. And the people said, hey, we came to eat meat, a fish, and chips, not to eat human meat. We are not cannibals right here. So the Bible said, from that day, they all started to leave him. So this man has gone mental now. He's talking about eating human beings. Let's go. Hallelujah. But what he was saying is that unless you eat, you, you kill this body, sacrifice, flesh, drink blood, suffering, you have no part in me. Some of us, we have never fasted even for three hours. Uh, 
one who mentioned the F word, fasting. <gasps> that is when you remember that you have ulcer. That's when you remember that the doctors have told you that you shouldn't, you'll be dizzy. That's when you start remembering that you have some sicknesses that you have taken some medication. So, Pastor, uh, can I eat at 9 a.m. and fast till from after eating till 4 p.m. and then eat again and fast again till now? Look at somebody. Hallelujah. Amen. Killing this flesh releases power. Even in um, voodoo worship, even in occult worship, they know that anytime you kill something, somebody, you kill an, an animal, you kill uh, chicken, you kill something, you release the power that's inside of it. Are you with me? To, to, to help you. In the same way, if you kill something inside of you, you release power. Amen. Amen. Are you with me? If you kill your lust, you kill the lust that you want this. You want fasting is essentially trying to kill your lust. As for me, chocolate is my weakness. Can you fast one year of chocolate? You see how Jaden look at me? <laughs> you mean chocolate, me? If chocolate was the only thing that I need to fast for a year for Jesus, you have to go back to the cross. Some of us, if we don't eat by 11 a.m., you'll be seeing Nemocafri and Ayat. Hallelujah. You'll be seeing things that they don't see. Things that are not there, you see it. Because this body just cannot resist food. John 12. John 12, 24. Are we there? What does it say there? Most assuredly I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much power. Except something falls and dies, it remains alone. But when it dies, it releases much power. When you get to the place where you kill your lust for money, you, releases, you release power in your finances. Are, are you getting it? When you die to sin, you release power to live pure and have a holy life. If you die to lust, you take the breastplate of righteousness the belt of truth to fight. If you die to laziness and sleep, you release power to accumulate wealth. How many can understand all that I'm saying? You die to a little sleep, a little slumber, and you take up 
prayer, you release power. Amen. Amen. Anything you die to releases power for you to live. Amen. Some of us, we are too weak because we are too alive. The message to today is very simple. It's, it's, it's die a little. I could have titled this message, die a little. Die a little to yourself. Die a little. Yeah. Some of us, we eat too much. Some of us, we watch uh, television too much. Every time you're watching one movie upon the other movie upon the other movie, when you could be praying. How many watch back to back? 24. Prison break. Something island. What, what is it, what it's called? Love Island. I've been hearing it at work. Something I like, something I like. I don't know what it is. You're good. How many are learning to take up your cross? Only two people. It's not just by lifting hands. We have a very classic example of doing it from today. From Monday, yeah. we are all going to try. How many are going to try? Those who have even fasted before, we are going to try. Yeah, we are going. We are just not going to just sit at home and not eat. But we'll come and pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. We'll come and pray. And I believe that that will release power even for your health. Amen. The Bible says that when you fast, it breaks out in health. Your health springs forth like the morning. How I many have seen that when the morning is come dawning, when the dawn is breaking, it doesn't matter how dark the night is. When the, the, the dawning is coming, it just breaks through the darkness and releases light. That's how your health will spring forth. Amen. Hallelujah. That's how your prosperity will string forth. It doesn't matter how poor you've been, how dark your finances have been, just by the fact that you have been, you have, you have just died to your finances, it releases something. Amen. I remember I always struggle to give money. Always had a struggle when it comes to tithe and offering. How many know what I'm talking about? How is that? And then one day, my pastor was preaching, and he said that I'm going to challenge you. Give one thousand pounds. Hey, even fifty pounds is a tr- trouble. I should give one thousand pounds. I believe you me. From that day, something broke inside my finances. It's like when somebody has never given birth before. And they are able to give birth the first time. It releases something inside of them. Now they just go and they, they just pop out children. Just like confetti. They pop out children. Somebody called me and said, hey, I am going to give birth. Then I said, where is your husband? I said, my husband is at the car park. Believe him, from the car park to the delivery room, the husband didn't reach. The baby was out. Amen. And they are in this room. I mean, how, how far is the car park to the delivery room? Not far. <laughs> Amen. 
And meanwhile, the person, that same lady had just taken one child to the nursery. Son, uh, nursery, uh, what the nursery, oh, keep my child, I'm coming back in the afternoon for, like a joke. Went home. Uh, I feel like going to give birth. And then decided to go. And then called the husband. By the time the husband got to the car park to go and delivery, the baby was here. And the person was almost attempting to go and pick the child. <laughs> and the person is in this room. <laughs> How many can see that? It's because the first one has broken something. The next time they are going, they are going twins. Wow. And, yeah. and when they go, they, they will just pop the twins and come back home and cook. How many want something like that? It's a blessing. Don't laugh at them. I said, don't laugh at them. If you have ever been to a delivery room, you see that it's, they don't joke there. But it's a blessing to just pop in and pop out. Those who pop in and pop out. I, I want to be, if I was a woman and I was going to give birth, I want to go and pop in and pop out. Like this same lady, I'll go and leave my child at the nursery, go and give birth and come and pick my child and then go home. It's a blessing, no? If you are pregnant, come, I'll show you the woman. Go and let her lay hands on you and pray for you. You have a very trouble-free blessing. Amen. Let me give you three or four secrets to die or secrets to death. Or secrets about death. Amen. Amen. Have you learned something today? Okay. Secrets. Number one. You gain power that you did not have when you die. First Corinthians 15, 55 to 58. Oh death, where is your sting? Oh hell, where is your victory? The stink of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to our God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Hallelujah. You gain power that you did not have when you die in a particular area. You gain power to release money. You gain power, financial power, when you give. The Bible says the liberal soul shall be made fat. But when you withhold more than necessary, it tends to poverty. Am I talking to somebody? Yeah. When you die to last, you have power. Somebody said, Pastor, me, young girls are my weakness. I had a young man come to me one day and said, Pastor, cut it off. That's the only solution. He said, Pastor, cut it. I, I kid you not. The, the brother came to say to me, Pastor, I really want to serve the Lord this time. I want to go all out. My only problem is in front of me. Cut it off. 
And I said, brother, you know, if I cut it off, <laughs> you would lose passion. And life, you need passion. You need pa- anything you do, you need passion. Are you with me? You need passion for life. So you don't need to cut it off. You need to learn how to channel it. Are you with me? So if you kill lust, you, you gain the power and the strength to channel to the right places to gain the right victories. Am I talking to somebody? So you need how to learn the secret of, 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 of death is to release power in that area. Number two, secret is that you release the harvest. When you die, you release the harvest. Have you not realized that there are some countries in the world that's always sending aid? Aid. They say people are dying in this area. They send aid. They say there's an earthquake here. They send aid. There's a tsunami here. They send aid. There's something happening. They send aid. And there's a country who is always receiving aid. They plan with aid. They budget with aid. 80% of their economy and the budget of the economy is planned with people donor aids. So they don't, they don't give, but they always receive it. And for years and years and years, they are poor. Meanwhile, those who give are always getting more. You see a country like Switzerland, there's no natural resources there. Nothing. All they have is the Alps, the Swiss Alps. That's it. They don't do anything. They don't have anything. But yet, they are one of the richest. They are one of the richest. How? By learning to give. Hallelujah. Amen. Am I talking to somebody? Yes, sir. Yeah. Because when they give, they release a harvest. When you give, you release a harvest. When you give, you release a harvest. The land that always gives water away, always gives the water it receives away, it turns into a river. The land that always drinks the water it receives becomes a desert. Think about it. This desert's always dry. Meanwhile, the, the um, river is always wet. It doesn't matter what time of year. It's always wet. It's always receiving. It's always giving. It's always receiving. So which one are you? Are you a desert land or are you a river land? Which one do you want to be? Hallelujah. So number one is what? You gain power. Number two? You release the harvest. Number three? You break the power of Satan by not being afraid. How many know that the powers that Satan has over you is fear? Oh, you didn't know that. The only power Satan has over you is fear. Job said that the thing that I greatly feared has come over over me. 
Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. You know, the shadow looks more fearful than the real thing. Amen. Amen. Death is not as, death itself is not as frightening as when death is coming. If they say to you that they are taking you to firing squad and they hold your hand and you are walking to that pole to go and kill you, the walk from here to that pole is the biggest. How many are afraid to speak in public? Give me a wave. And then you are told that you are going to go and speak in public. The walk from your chair to the podium is the most frightening. But you see, when you start opening your mouth and people are looking at you, it's not as frightening as the walk. Are, are you with me? Because the shadow is more fearful than they're doing. In First John 5, 4, it says that anyone that is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. Even our faith. The opposite of faith is fear. Are you with me? So fear is the thing that makes you a defeated Christian. Faith is the thing that makes you a, 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 a successful or a victorious Christian. Amen. And fear is something that is, someone said, fear is false evidence appearing real. Fear itself, what are you afraid of? The ultimate of fear is death. How many will agree with me? The ultimate of fear is death. And in Philippians 1.21, uh, Paul says something, for me to live is Christ and to die is what? Gain. If I live, I live for Christ. If I die, I gain because I'm going to be with Christ. So, listen, if you like, kill this body. Jesus said, I kill this body. If you like, kill this body. And in three days, I'll come back alive. He was not afraid to die. If you get to a place where you are not afraid to die, you release power. Hallelujah. I say you release power. This Mogadishu boys, you know, all these, uh, what do you call them? Uh, when we went to Afghanistan, same thing. Hey, kill us. The more you kill us, the more we come for you. All these ISIS. A few months ago, ISIS was the most feared terror group, isn't it? Because they're not afraid to die. They are, they, in fact, they want to die. They put something around their waist, their stomach, and they say they open it and say, Allah Akbar, if you like, come. <laughs> we all die together. See everybody running. Because they are embracing death. The rest of us are afraid of death. So they have the power. Amen. Amen. Number. What number are we on? Okay. Let's close with this. So number one is what? Number two. Number three. You break the power of Satan. Number four. You sow the ultimate seeds, which is your life. 
You sow the ultimate, ultimate seed, which is your life. When you die, you sow the ultimate seed, which is your life. When you die to your career, say, I'm dying to my career to take up the cross. You have sown the ultimate seed. And you raise a harvest of human beings. It's amazing. But the more you give up chasing for money, the more money comes to you. But you see, it's not so obvious. So a lot of us cannot fathom it. We cannot accept it. But it's real. When you abandon your life to God, God takes you on. God adds you on his payroll. And there's no bigger payroll to be on than the payroll of God. Oh, you didn't hear what I said. I said there's no bigger payroll to be on than to be on the payroll of God. When God has to pay you, it's different. You know, those times, by the 21st of the month, I don't know where my rent is going to come from. I don't know where the next meal is coming from. By the 25th, and my wife will start. Uh, uh, You know, I've forgotten the lady's name. She'll be coming. Are we okay? I said, don't worry, we are okay. Well, there's nothing. (laughs) By the 26th. You see, the thing that living uh, living on faith is that God doesn't show you where the next bread is coming from. And so that it's only at the eleventh hour, the ninth hour, the time that is like is when the rubber meets the road, just around that edge. That's when it comes through, and that is where you live on faith, and it's not a very pleasant place because we naturally we want to be calculating, we want to know where we are, what we are doing, where we are, is coming from. Sometimes, like the morning of the time that she will come. Tell you more often than not, somebody will call. Uh, uh, I'll just put some money in your account. Sometimes you go, it's just more than what you were looking for. I remember when somebody just the morning the lady had called and there was no money. And then somebody said, I've just put five thousand pounds. I said, we paid. I said, let's go. Let's go on holiday. Come on. Let's go. <laughs> let's go on holiday. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. You release faith. You release faith. I know it's a scary thing. Going to the cross is not easy. Dying to your, your career is not easy. Dying to yourself is not easy. Dying to your finances is not easy. Dying to anything is not easy. But that's the secret to victory. That is what makes Christianity weak. Because we are too alive when it comes to our flesh. We are too alive when it comes to sacrifice. We are too alive when it comes to anything to do with discomfort. We want to be comfortable. That's why we can't pray five times a day. But the Muslims can pray five times a day. That's how come we can't pray three times a day. But the Jews can pray three times a day. Because we cannot be bothered 
you know, you have to wake up at five to go and do. It's not easy. Whilst you are feeling sleepy, then you put your knees down, then you put your head down, then you sit on your uh, bum like, like that for a bit, then you put your head down. It's not a very easy thing to do when you are sleepy. But believe you me, it releases a certain power. Are you with me? Prayer releases power. If you become a prayerful person, you become a powerful person. Studying the word releases power. Sacrificing your stomach releases power. Killing something in your life releases power. Rise to your feet. How many are going to release some power?